Hello and welcome to another episode of Max's Tavern. Today we're going to be talking about some more Magic the Gathering things, specifically a staple binder. What it is, what I've got in mine, and what you should have in yours. Uh, today at the tavern, I am a designated driver. Remember to drink responsibly. And so I am just drinking a little soda here. If you want to crack open whatever, go for it. Pull up a stool and let's start chatting. So to me, a staple binder is what you should have on hand that you use a lot of. In my case, I play almost exclusively Commander with a little bit of Modern and Standard on the rare Sunday. Um, so a lot of the cards in my staple binder are Commander staples. Think things like Arcane Signet, Soul Ring, Command Tower, uh, etc. <laughs> um, in my staple binder, I just have a lot of things that I use in a lot of different decks. My biggest rule for the staple binder is that it either needs to be used in five or more decks... Or it needs to, the total amount that it is used exceeds $15. So things like Signets, which go in all of my two and three color decks. So that's 20 decks right there. At least 20 decks. 22, I believe. <laughs> um, so they're about 50 cents a piece. Starts adding up real fast. Um... I run those and all of those. They're cheap cards, but I use a lot of them, so I want them proxied. Um, other things that I run in the staple binder to be run in other decks are things like Fetchlands, your Flooded Strand, Polluted Delta, Scalding Tarn, things that I run in every multicolor deck. And that's just a really important thing to have in your staple binder because it keeps the game price low rather than needing to go out and, at least in the sense for Commander, rather than needing to go out and buy half a dozen copies of Arcane Signet because I run it in 18 different decks, I can just buy one, put it in the binder, print off some slips of paper that say Arcane Signet to tap at a mana of whatever mana is in your commander's color identity. Boom. Done. Saved me 50 or so dollars. So that's, uh, that's a lot of the reason that I have a staple binder and why I think that you should have a staple binder too if you play a lot of Magic the Gathering and are just in it for actually playing. So what I have in my staple binder, like I said, a lot of the normal commander staples, soul rings, command towers, fetch lands, shock lands. Um, I do not use the alpha, beta, unlimited, and revised dual lands, the ABUR dual lands, just because I'm very against the reserved list. It's garbage and should die in a fire. But not here to tackle that this episode. So I have a lot of those just in general commander staples, but I also have a lot of things that I personally run as techs in my own deck, in my own decks. 
uh, things like Sword of the Animist in decks that really need to hit their land drops but struggle with it, like uh, my Buddy Cops, uh, Chroma and Rograk. It's a red-white commander deck, and red and white does not have a lot of opportunities to go out searching for lands. So I have things like Sword of the Animist, Burnished Heart, Armillary Sphere in my staple binder that I can then run in those kinds of decks. Um, I've also got utility creatures like Anger, Brawn, and Wonder. When each of those cards are in the grave and you control a mountain, forest, or island respectively, creatures you control have Haste, Trample, and Flying respectively. And those are just things that give my creatures an added bonus when trying to tackle the game. I also have extra turn sorceries like Time Warp and Temporal Trespass. Um, and those are just, again, things that give, give players an edge in the game. I'm going to take a quick drink. Mm, a soda that's not sponsoring me, so I'm not shouting them out. I've also got a bunch of reanimate spells like reanimate one black return target creature from the great from a graveyard to your battlefield and then lose life equal to that creature's converted mana cost. I also have animate dead one in a black for an enchantment enchant target creature in a grave in your graveyard turn it to the battlefield under your control with this enchantment attached enchantment or the creature goes to the grave sacrifice the other. And then creature gets minus one, minus O. Just different things that give a slight boost. Um, a generic boost. I also have things that give a targeted boost, like anointed procession, three and a white for anytime you would create a token, create twice as many tokens. Or doubling season, four and a green. Same thing as Anointed Procession, but also anytime you would place a counter on something, place double those counters. Run those in things like my token decks. Um, last episode, I talked about my Selesnia tokens, which is green-white tokens. I run both of those in there. And that just advances my game state. I also run the Anointed Procession in my white-black tokens because it's such a good card. But it's also $30, and I only had to pay for one copy instead of, I believe, four. So $30 compared to $120. Going to definitely take the $30 option. Uh, I mentioned having all the fetch lands in there. I also have all of what are called bond lands for the uninitiated. A bond land is a cycle of lands that started in the battle bond set. And they're commander-exclusive cards that read tap, add one mana of red or black. It's, they're two-color lands. However, they enter tapped unless you have two or more opponents. Since commander is supposed to be a multiplayer format, really easy to have them come in untapped. So I've got the full cycle of those. I've got a full cycle of Shocklands. I also have all of the Triomes that just came out of Ikoria, which are lands with searchable titles. And they can tap for one of any three colors. So they're also extremely useful to have in the 
staple binder. I also have a lot of utility lands and utility cards in general, things like Thought Vessel and Reliquary Tower. They each tap for a colorless, but they also give no maximum hand size, so I can load up with however many cards I want. Um, and that, that's the big draw to a, a staple binder, to me at least. It's being able to have access to a bunch of different cards that can go into a bunch of different decks, but without breaking the bank. To me, in my circle, in my playgroups, um, it's acceptable because I do own a physical copy of each card that I'm proxying. I, I said it before in my first episode, a price should not be a barrier to playing the game. And I still wholeheartedly believe that, emphasize that. If you need to proxy a deck to get started, totally do that. But another thing that is necessary is actually supporting the creator of the game, supporting content creators. And unfortunately, Wizards of the Coast is a content creator in their own special way. And we need to still pay in a bit on getting that and purchasing these cards even if it's secondhand wizards still got some portion of money from the person who bought them firsthand and then sold to you so it's still necessary to buy singles and definitely buy singles not go after a bunch of overpriced collectors boosters like some people do me specifically it's 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 hugely necessary for the game, but there's a line. There's always a line. There's always a caveat. And in my opinion, as a Magic player, the caveat is that is that while price shouldn't be a wall you should still pay in to a hobby. Um, not that you have to pay in a lot, but if you're looking at the game from a budget perspective, totally proxy your cards. If you're looking at it as something you want to actually pursue in some degree, um, you definitely need to own the physical cards. Like, say... I have my big three decks 100% altered. I consider them alters. Um, some might consider them proxies. And I have every card in a one-to-one -one ratio sleeved in a binder, a separate binder from my staple binder. If at any time a judge comes over and I'm playing an event with one of those decks... I can be like, well, hey, let me just shuffle up. I've got all the cards here. I just like using these arts better. So I can still play the game at actual events. I don't just have to limit myself to playing at the kitchen table or playing at my local game store. I can go to Grand Prix in Denver, Seattle, Washington, D.C., wherever, whenever... The world opens up again. Um, 
but I can pull those cards and be like, hey, I've got them here. Can I just play with these when I like the arts better? It's cheaper. I still paid. I still paid in to get into this. Can I just go? And of course, there's going to be judges who are like, oh, God, no, you can't do that. You're going to be able to tell the weight difference when it's literally like half an ounce and I've got dozens of cards that are proxied. Like if I, I was going through and looking at it the other day and I've got, what was it? It's almost a third of just a single color. I think it was my green elves. It's all elves, all green. So honestly, I think 80% of the lands were just basic forests. But a third of that deck was proxied. And they were all proxied in the exact same way, cut the exact same way. There is literally no way to tell what it is when it's sleeved up. So to me, that should be allowed at tournaments, but that's a whole other content, whole other episode. Um, kind of running on a long rant here, kind of got off on a tangent. The big point with a staple binder is to be able to offer another cost-effective way of playing the game while still supporting the company that makes the game. Um, I think Magic, specifically Commander, is about the only place that you could get away with it. I played Yu-Gi-Oh! for a while, and it, it, it's a lot harder. It's a lot harder to do in that way, because decks don't have quite as much consistency across the board like there's definitely packages like um when I was active playing there was the solemn package which was three copies of solemn strike and one copy of solemn warning and in all honesty when I was playing that if I didn't have as big of budget as I did when I played Yu-Gi-Oh I probably would have done another staple binder and just had one copy of solemn strike one cop or I'd probably would have paid for the full three copies of Strike, one copy of Judgment, so I can say, hey, look, I've got them. I've got them all here. I just like using them in other decks. Is that okay at an event? And if they said, well, pull them out of a binder and actually use them in your deck, 100% would do that. But for fun and, and for playing at events, Staples are expensive, and as long as you have the bare minimum, you should totally just run with the bare minimum. There's no sense, even if you play modern, there's no sense buying eight Bloodstained Myers because you want to run Jund, Red, Black, Green, and a Grixis deck, Blue, Black, Red. And you're going to need Bloodstained Myers for both decks. There's no point in doing that. Um, I think this is going to be where I end the podcast. Thank you so much for, what, for listening. 
Uh, we'll have a video up on YouTube by the end of the week. And I hope you guys have a great rest of your day. Thank you for listening and have a great night.